Welcome to an early November edition of Advantage Connors, coming to you on a cold, frosty evening from LA. Your host, as always, Brett Connors. And where's my co-host, Jimmy Connors? What's up? I'm here. I'm here still. I'm in Santa Barbara, but I'll be honest with you, Brett, I've had a rough day. Uh, I I was up early and I just haven't been myself today. I I couldn't even get out and get my exercise. Couldn't play tennis, no golf, and and just... uh, I don't know what it is, but I know I'll be better tomorrow. It's got to be better than it was today. So anyway, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still bit, up and going. Funk? Just a funk. Yeah. I funk, a little bit know, of a my, funk? Uh, you know, mentally and physically. I just, uh, I, I couldn't get started. And, and uh, you know, one of those days, I guess, uh, you know, I've been pushing it pretty hard, you know, playing tennis, uh, you know, four or five days a week and uh, and then trying to play a little golf too. So maybe pushed it a little bit too hard and it finally caught up with me, but uh yeah, take the day off and, and maybe tomorrow too. And, and hopefully I can uh, get a little more energy and, and get back on it like uh, like I have been. But yeah, I'm still here. And I'm still going. So that I guess that's the key. You go pretty hard. You uh, you don't really give yourself a break. You're pretty hard on yourself. So go ahead and give yourself that once in a while and, and put your feet up and relax. I think today and tomorrow might be it. <laughs> so, but, uh, but it's good. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to get right back at it. Yeah, then I will. There's no doubt. But you've been working hard. I know, uh, geez, uh, does the year ever end for you? I mean, uh, tennis is uh, like you know we've talked about before. It's almost you know around around the clock. Just keeps on going. You know, uh, through the course of the year. But you know, uh, what's been going on? Uh, you know, Paris and uh, in Cancun, Paris. right? Yeah, Paris, Cancun. The women are the the final eight WTA finals. Uh, men last Masters one thousand of the year in Paris. It's underway right now. Uh, working that with Tennis Channel. But um, yeah, I just don't want to keep you long. Just we'll touch on a few topics here uh, just in the tennis world and then and move on to a couple questions. One match that I, that I watched uh, that I love Sunday, I want to get your take on, was um, it continues with a, with a trend that we've been talking about all summer with Mr. Yannick Sinner, the Italian mm. player, uh, four, number four in the world, won a tournament you know, a few weeks ago, I think it was Shanghai, wins another tournament, following it up with a three-set victory, exciting match. The quality of play in this match was ridiculous over Daniel Medvedev, now who he's beaten now twice in a row. Mm-hmm. He had never beaten him before. He was over and now uh, twice in a row over, uh, over the Russian to take the Vienna title, um, also beating Rublev, Tiafo, uh, Ben Shelton, and Sanego along the way, only dropping one set uh, in the final. Uh, so uh, I just want to get your... T- yeah, he, he's had a good run, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. and you know, we, we've talked about him and, you know, I like his game, he, you know, he's big and strong and, and uh, hits a very heavy ball, but, you know, I guess, you know, the one thing that we, uh, talked about along the way was, you know, how, how was he going to figure out a way to win and to, you know, to beat the guys like Medvedev, who he hasn't beaten before. And obviously he must be getting some good coaching because he, he certainly has in the last, what, uh, three, four months or, or so, you know, really mm-hmm. figured it out and really. You know, I don't want to say he's come of age because he's still, you know, very young. But, you know, with this game, he's learned along the way what it takes to beat the, you know, two or three really good players and the best players back to back to back. And then, you know, to win a tournament and then understand, you know, how how great that feels. But then, boom, you got to get right back at it and, you know, and try to do it again. You know, you can't, you know, rest on your laurels. So he's going through, you know, a good stretch and a good run. And, and, uh, you know, I, I hope he continues on. I, I, he's good for the game. He's young, he's big, he's strong, he's powerful. And what he's got coming down the road, if he sticks with it, is, uh, is going to be pretty exciting, I must say. Yeah. A couple of things I noticed is that he's, uh, you, you mentioned it, Darren Cahill working with him, uh, coaching him now for over a year. It seems like he's, 
you know, physically too, coming into his own where you can tell he's put on some muscle and uh, like he's imposing his will out there. Like I, I watched him play today against Mackie McDonald. McDonald played really well, took the first set and then Sinner was able to turn it around and, and come out of it in three. But, uh, you know, he's moving forward a lot more. He's finishing points at the net a lot more, which I think Cahill uh, has a big say in. You know, he was a, a good serving volleyer, came to net a lot when he played. And just tactically, like to teach him, like, look, dude, you're 6'2", you're long, you have a big reach, you should be coming forward. You should be putting the pressure on the other guy. Right. Um, and it seems like he's really starting to do that. And uh, it's a lot of fun to watch when he puts it together because, you know, 0-6 versus Medvedev. And now he's won four out of five of the last sets they've played. So it seems like uh, he's trending in the right direction. And, and Med's great, too. I mean, their match could have gone either way. It was, it was a great three-setter and the quality was super, super high. Right. It's amazing what a little confidence does for you. Yeah, you know, we, we talked about that a lot too, that, you know, when you get that confidence and you go out there and you know your game is good and you know you you can win because you've proven it to yourself already, that to, to be able to go out on a court with that attitude, you know, allows you also, Brett, to go in, to come out on top and win matches when you're not 100%. You know, mm -hmm. you know we've, we've talked also that, you know, anybody can win, almost anybody can win when you're playing 110%. You know, but what if you're not? What if you're only 75%? You know, you're still going to have to figure it out against some pretty damn good players. And, you know, when you're playing as much as these guys play now, especially towards, you know, at this time of year when there's, you know, a tournament in China, now they're in, in Europe. And then, you know, they're in Vienna, now he's in Stockholm. And, you know, you're one tournament after another after another. That's no easy task. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you're right though. Like uh, we've known he's had all the pieces in the past, and he you know beats Alcaraz, and you know beats can beat anybody. But then he you know wasn't able to maybe put two or three of the wins together in a row, or back up a big win in the next round. But uh, you know since, since proving it to himself, making the semifinal at Wimbledon, you know winning his first Masters 1000, you know in August, and it seems like okay, like now I understand I can do this. I've seen it that I've done it, and you know now he's just like rinsing, repeating. He just you know, seems to keep doing it. And the results are, are speaking for himself. And he seems to be one of these guys we've talked about that the season gets broken up into, you know, three or four different, you know, kind of chunks and this end of the year chunk where a lot of guys might start to check out and might be worn out or beat down and, and are ready for the off season and ready to reset. And then there's the guys who are taking advantage of it and gobbling up all the points and using it as a springboard into, into 2024. And, and center seems right. like he's doing a great job of that. Right. But there's also, you know, and this is where good coaching comes in, is there comes a point in time where he's going to have to put the brakes on and kind of, uh, you know, take a little rest and, and uh, you know, and, and take care of himself so that when the Australian comes around, he's not exhausted. Yeah. You know, so you can push yourself, but you don't want to push yourself so hard that when the Grand Slams come around that you say, oh, you know, I'm hurt or I'm tired or or whatever, you know, those are the ones you really peak for also. And uh, even though he has proven himself in beating a lot of the top players and and winning a, a Masters 1000 and, and uh, you know, now a couple of tournaments back to back and so forth, you know, uh, winning a Grand Slam will put him on another level. And once that happens, wow, you, you know, it's just, it'd be fun to watch him take off also. And, uh, you know, with a big win like that. So, you know, hopefully for him and if he continues on the road, he is that that, uh, that will happen soon. Yeah, a lot of fun to watch and uh, just looking forward to seeing how he does the rest of this week. And then ATP finals uh, in a couple of weeks will be uh, interesting too. Want to get your take on something that happened today. Medvedev lost in a, uh, in a good match against uh, Gregor Dimitrov, who randomly yeah. has had a really good bounce back year. 
Um, a lot of big wins. Um, you know, another one over uh, Med today. And this is what I want to get your take on. As Mr. Medvedev is leaving the court, we all know he's got a lot of personality. He's had interactions with the crowd, you know, famous in New York and at the U.S. Open on some of those night matches. And uh, so leaving the court today, Mr. Medvedev was, he said he was kind of checking his nail. And it happened to be on the middle finger of his uh, dominant hand, his right hand. So oh. he was coming off the court and he was kind of just checking that middle finger and just twirling the hand around, making sure that everybody or or everyone around him also got a good view of that finger. Oh, uh. hey, well, you know what? With all due respect, son, he's not the first one to ever do that. You, you know, I mean, there's uh, sometimes, you know, you got to, hey, you know, it just pops up and, and uh, you know, things like that happen. But, uh, you know, and you're right. He has, uh, you know, that kind of personality and, and he doesn't mind mixing it up with the crowd. and. You're getting the crowd into it. And, you know, listen, no, you're not going to go out there and have everybody for you. But then again, you're not going to go out there and have everybody against you either. So, you know, you you can always figure out something to uh, to play for, either for those that are for you or to, you know, kind of piss off those that are rooting against you and try mm-hmm. to come off on top. That doesn't happen all the time. But, you know, it's kind of a good inspiration along the way. But, hey, you know, some things happen and, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, the outcome of that. if. Uh, you know, if that was the case and, you know, what happens to him, because, you know, back in the old days, uh, you know, we used to get fined a little bit for that. You know, now the little bit we got fined, if, if that was put into today's times, oh, my God, <laughs> it would be yeah. fun. It'd be I'm, fun to see that. But uh, I'm guessing I'm guessing uh, it was still I'm guessing it was still worth it. You didn't regret many of them. <laughs> no, no, of course not. I mean, you know, hey, you know, so, sometimes uh, listen, I was one of the guys along with uh, there was a, a lot of other guys, too, that had had that kind of attitude. And, mm-hmm. you know, Medvedev has that. All that does, you know, is create interest, you know, and, yeah. and you know, for, you know, for the match today, uh, I mean, he lost to Dimitrov, you know, in a, in a, in a hard fought match, you know, so, you know, not, you know, a lot of the people don't really understand and the fans as great as they are, they don't really understand that. Hey, sometimes, you know, you go out there and you just ain't you. It's just not, you know, I'm not making excuses for him, but you know, it's, it's not, you know, you're not yourself. You don't have everything going for yeah. you. You know, you, you didn't sleep well. You, you, you know, you, you're not feeling, you know, something what do you, happened. What do you and think all that of, goes along with it. You know, that's what I'm saying. All that goes along with it. Yeah. Well, what, what do you think? Like, he seems to let the crowd get to him sometimes. We're like, he's flipping the crowd off. And like somebody put a tweet out and they said something like, you know, how many tennis players wish they could do this over their career? Like flip off the crowd, I guess. And so I put, I found a picture of you. I just Googled you middle finger and, you know, a few pictures popped up. (laughs) And I responded with one of the pictures of you just like, you know, flipping a bird. But to me, I've always feel like you're flipping off like the umpire. You feel like you've had a bad call or they've like robbed you on some sort of big point or or something like that. Or they've overruled on, on a on a, a line that's on the other side of the court from him. And you kind of just go, ah, you know, F off, you know, kind of flip the quick bird. But he gets like mad at the crowd, which then is yeah, one of those things you where know, it can, the, it can, yeah, snowball, I, I, but it can I, like I snowball you. on itself. Yeah. Right. You know? Well, I mean, you know, once once the you get into it with the crowd, the the, the crowd can, can turn a match in a heartbeat, uh, whether they're for you or against you. And and uh, yeah, you're you're right. He does he does get into it with the crowds, you know. But you know, like I just said, not everybody can be for you, but not everybody's going to be against you either, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, I always said, brother, the other guys out there trying to do the same th- same thing you are, and that's win a tennis match, you know. So that's why you know I'll give you every cliche possible. That's what they put the net up for. Let's go see who's win. Right. You know who wins. 
but I, I like, you know, whether you do that or you don't, but I, you know, kind of like his personality. You know, he, he gives you something more than just the hitting of the tennis ball and, Definitely. and, uh, you know, which certainly, you know, draws the fans in like him or not, they're going to come and watch him play. And, you know, basically he puts, you know, butts in the seats and, uh, you know, if he's one of the guys that do that, then, uh, Hey, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, I, I saw a picture of Murray going to the sidelines and, you know, you know, beating the crap out of his racket. What's wrong with that? <laughs> you know, I don't Nothing. see anything wrong with that either. Nope. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, but that's, you know, but think that's where times have changed. You know I mean? Now, now that's, whoa, that's almost persona non grata now. And, and, uh, you know, to do things like that. The funny part to me is, uh, that's the part that everyone talks about. Like Demi played a great match, but we're talking about him flipping the crowd off. Like all the things that you talk about that you, that stand out in matches usually are the stuff that's not the tennis. It was like, yeah, the tennis is good. And, and obviously there's great shots and all this stuff, but it's usually the arguments or the, the unexpected, the unplanned for, you know, Joker hits the ball, it hits the lines person, or this happens, or this person, you know, hits the net or whatever the thing is, he flips off the crowd. Those are the moments that help sell tennis because those are the, those are the social media moments. Those are the moments that can go viral. Sure. The match point of them winning is fun, but it's not as fun as watching him flip the whole crowd off in yeah. Paris. And then he goes in and he goes, yeah, impressed. He's like, you know, oh, no, I wasn't flipping them off. You know, they're, they're <laughs> my Par- Parisian friends, you know? Yeah. Well, hey, hey listen to you know, that maybe, you know, he, I'm, I'm not going to say anything more. I, I you know, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I like, I'm just that. saying. I like, that he, I like that he asks for the shit talk and then he backs it up. You know, that yeah. like he goes to the crowd and then most of the time it, it motivates him to win. Dimitrov played good and maybe he just didn't have his A game today, but I like that he, he doesn't back down from it and, and that he embraces it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there there it goes. And, and okay. uh, you know, I, I guess it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I'll be watching out for that. That'd be pretty good. All right. As you all know, there is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that is the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do all of it. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you match candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of our employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. Here's what I love about Indeed. I don't have a lot of time. I don't like going all over on the internet from site to site trying to gather the information I need. That's why I love Indeed. It's got everything I need in one stop. Indeed is my one-stop shop. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to US Indeed data. We get you one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates. Indeed's hiring platform matches you with quality candidates instantly. Even better. Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com Connors. This offer is only good for a limited time, guys. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com Connors. Just go to Indeed.com Connors and support the show by saying you heard it here on this podcast. Advantage Connors. Indeed.com slash Connors. Terms and conditions apply. Do you need to hire? Then you need Indeed. All right, let's get back to the show. 
Did you ever have a umpire call you by the wrong name? Did you see this, uh, this clip? Holger Runa, uh, who we talked about last week, has been uh, working with uh, Boris Becker. Had, had a decent result last week. They won a few, uh, two or three matches. He's doing well. He won his match again uh, today. Did you see he was playing and the umpire is like looking over his shoulder and they're having some conversation on a changeover. And he says, uh, oh, no, you know, normally, Casper, you, you know, you are good or something like that. And he's right, like, no, I'm right. not Casper. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. Well, when you got an up bar, well, you know, rude, Runa, you, you know, uh, you know, kind of goes along with it, but uh, it, it's kind of close. But yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of funny. The guy in the chair, you know, at least you should know what what match you're calling, you, you right. know. And and uh, but I, you know, I saw that. I thought I like seeing that. It was kind of humorous and kind of added a little spice to somebody reading about it, like me. That uh, I said, you know, wait, you know, how can the guy not know whose match he's calling? That's pretty good. But just think, right. if they'd ever play and he'd be on the match. Oh, he'd be, oh my he'd god, be screwed. <laughs> uh, it'd, be, it'd be a little bit strange. But he'd be screwed. Yeah. The funny part is, is he called him by his first name, so it's not like Holger and Casper are close. It's right. rude. Runa, which are close, but he called him by his, the wrong first name. So I thought that was funny. <laughs> oh, it's a long year, Brett. Yeah, yep, long I, year. I, I get it. Okay, let's check this out. Did you see this? We're covering the WTA finals. It's in Cancun. I'll ask you something about uh, where it's located after this. But th- did you see this? There was a bunch of stories and videos about a day or two before the tournament started as the players arrived to go and, and you know go check out the site and, and, and hit balls and warm up and then check out the court. The stadium wasn't even put up, like the court wasn't completely set down. And and, and sure enough, uh, the players have been complaining all week. It's kind of died down now that we're into the second round. But the, after the first round, almost every player, even Sabalenka, who won like 6-love, six 6-1 six in her first round match, was like, this court is almost unplayable and blah, blah, blah. It just seems crazy for, it's, it's not like a small tournament. You know, it's, it's the year-end championship. So you think right. they would, you know, make sure to have everything, you know, rocking and ready to go. But I just wanted to get your take, see if you saw that. And, and did you ever have that when you showed up to a tournament and, and, you know, you and the other players were like, we can't play on this or this is almost unplayable? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, especially in today's times, you think, uh, you know, something happens like that. That's unacceptable. You know, uh, back in the day when, you know, the tournaments were just getting started and they were, you know, putting down courts and you had to walk, uh, you know, on board planks to get to your courts because, you know, it, it rained and it was muddy. And, the, you know, I mean, things, you know, things have really evolved, you know, to the point where, you know, if you have a year end final like that, you know, I mean, it's that's a big deal. Uh, and and to not be prepared, not only for for the players, you know, which is probably the most is the most important. But what about the fans? You know, mm-hmm. and what you know, sitting in what kind of stands and and uh, you know, in their participation and you know, in the whole event, you know, kind of interesting. But to you know, to in in today's times, you know, with uh, all the all the great events around, I'm, I'm sure that the promoters and uh, where the event is have traveled around and they had to understand exactly uh, what it takes to put on an event of that magnitude mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, you know, to, to not be ready uh, and prepared and, and, and have the players have to go out and fight, you know, fighting your opponent is tough enough, let alone, you know, fighting, you know, things that, uh, you know, shouldn't even be there, such as, you know, uh, an inconsistent court or, you know, bad bounces or, or, or whatever. You know, so, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's a shame that happened, but uh, I'm sure that that the players and those involved in where that tournament is next year will surely uh, have second thoughts about going back there. Yeah, that's my other question I was going to ask you. It, it's in Cancun. It's the first year it's been in Cancun. Last year it was in like Dallas. 
uh, Fort Worth uh, 2020. They don't think they even had their year end championship. But here's what I wanted to say. It seems like they had money and a deal maybe on the table, or there were at least in talks to go to Saudi Arabia with the year end championship. It seems like mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, it was poo-poo. Everyone said no way, especially with like the women's rights and stuff over there being a topic of conversation that we will not get into here, really. But right. it seems like those opinions might have swung a little bit of a 180, where it seems like it's a kind of a foregone conclusion that eventually that tournament and maybe even you know plenty more might be heading to that region of the world. And I just wanted to see it. It almost seems like they just didn't want to do that or didn't know what to do. And so they're like, fuck it. Like, let's, we'll have it here. Where? Uh, Cancun. And then like, they, they right. didn't even like have it set up. The players get there. So it seems like they're just, this is like almost a filler year until they get to the deal that they, you know, they might not have wanted to announce yet, or maybe it hasn't been finalized. And and uh, that'll come out in like 2024. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's a good point. It's also a good thought. And, and, you know, to it seems kind of you know crazy to you know go to Cancun and especially with uh, you know just what happened through Acapulco, the you know the the big hurricane, big hurricane that went through there. And and uh, listen, even if it's a last minute deal, uh, you know when I had the senior tour, Brett, yeah, I I know what it's like to put up seats and and stands and put you know get courts and you know and do all that and. And you need a little leeway to do all that, but but you know it, it's doable. And to leave it go till you know the day before, two days before, where the stands aren't up and the court's not uh, you know put down right, and uh, you know a lot of the things that go along with that that maybe haven't been accomplished, you know maybe even now, you know the, the, that's unacceptable. You know, and, and if you're going to agree to have a tournament, uh, you know I'm going to say it again, especially. That important, you know, it's a year in finals for the ladies, you know, which is a, a big, important event to not have it as perfect as can be. You know, it's just, you know, just seems a little bit, you know, out of balance, even at the last minute that, you know, you, you say, listen, you go in and you make the rules. Can you do this? Can you get it done? Is it possible? What's it going to take? You know, and, and, uh, and the answer certainly must have come out. Yeah, we can do it. Because that's where they ended up. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot of other places I'm sure they could have gone, you know, that uh, that would have been, you know, more than happy to say, you know, we'll we'll make it the best event you've ever seen. Right. You know, but but they 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 chose to go uh, where they are now. And, you know, obviously it didn't turn out. They're getting criticized for it. But, you know, hopefully throughout the course of the rest of the event, you know, things have been straightened out. And, and uh, you know, and I, I also know that, you know, if the course got bad bounces, is inconsistent, you can redo that court overnight. I played a match one time in Vegas and, and, uh, uh, and, and uh, the court was, you know, redone overnight, uh, you know, a, a couple of times, you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, to slow it down or to speed it up or to do this or to do that. So, you know, right. ho- hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it gets uh, worked out. So, you know, that the tournament allows for the best tennis that, uh, that they have to offer to be played. Yep. It just seems weird too, because this is the one event that the WTA owns, I think. You know, I think the most of the tournaments are bought and then, you know, the WTA is kind of like a middleman in between the tournament and the, and the league or whatever. And then, you know, they make a lot of their money in their year in championships. So it seems weird to like not be locked and loaded because, uh, hey man, this is where we make our money. So, All right. We'll see. Uh, had some good matches today. Hope the rest of it goes good. And, and there's a good semi in the final this weekend. Moving on to the sad part of the show. I don't want to keep you long, but I feel like we got to talk about these two people. First up, Bobby Knight. He actually passed away today. We're recording this Wednesday. This will be coming out early, early Friday. But uh, yeah, sad. The Indiana basketball coach, former coach of the uh, USA Olympic team and uh, all around crazy personality, bigger, kind of like bigger than life, you know, kind of one of those bigger personalities out there. That. Did you have a, an opinion on him? 
Yeah, I mean, he he was, uh, you know, he he was not only the basketball, but he was the draw also, you know, when Indiana played, you know, to watch him and and to watch how he handled his players. And, you know, if he if he was going to, you know, go, go a little crazy also, I mean, there you go again, you know, the personality that he had, you know, like it or not, you know, good or bad, he certainly added to, you know, watching his great teams play and, uh, you know, uh, you know, cr- criticized or not, uh, whatever. He was one of the coaches, Brett, that always, always got the best out of his players. And when they walked out on that court, they wanted to perform for him. And uh, I was reading a little bit today and I, and I remember this, uh, this one line, I went back and looked it up. He, you know, when, when he saw Michael Jordan play, this was before he even played a, a professional basketball game. He says, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player I've ever seen. You know, so to me, he had an eye, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, you know, some you guys can, some guys can coach, he could coach, some guys can pick them, he could pick them. And uh, just to, to say that, but he was a draw from, for me to, you know, to watch college basketball, to be honest with you. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, even though I went to UCLA for a minute and there were some great teams that, uh, uh, you know, that UCLA had with a great coach, John Wooden. And, and I, and I loved going to the, you know, some of the games when, when uh, when I was there and and watching watching them play, uh, you know, but Bobby Knight was just like that, and and you know created the interest and and was a you know, drew you in, you know, to to be a part of uh, you know what he and his teams and mm-hmm. Indiana and and, and uh, college basketball had to offer, and uh, yeah. he was amazing. Yeah, sad day. And then the other one uh, a couple of days ago that uh, shook the world. This one more surprising. Bobby was in his eighties, pretty good long life, but uh, Matthew Perry. A uh, star of Friends, big big time tennis fan. You know, was a player in Canada, and I saw one of the quotes. Uh, you know, he he thought he was a good player until he moved to L.A. and started playing people here <laughs> around the California, and then he uh, decided to get into acting. But uh, actually, was a, a friend of the pod. We were pretty sad to hear the news when I saw it. I immediately called you and mom, and I, I know you guys are friends with them too. And I think he you guys went to a birthday party. I think it was ten years ago this year. I think it was like 2013 in New York. It was either your or mom's birthday. Right. And, and he, he showed up with his girlfriend at the time and, you know, was a really good dude, you know, a battle seemed like a tortured soul in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. You know, it was, inter- it was interesting, Brad. Uh, he was a big tennis fan and, and he, he, uh, he was involved in a show called Mr. Sunshine. And, uh, there was a part in tennis and, and, uh, he got a hold of, of me and, and, uh, wondered if I wanted to be on it and, and play a part on the show. And, uh, you know, I didn't really do that, but they, they gave me a real tough part to play. They said, you can play yourself. And, and I said, I said, oh boy, I think I can, can do handle that. that. <laughs> I, I could handle that. But, you know, I, I got to spend some time with him, not just, you know, on the camera, but also, you know, hanging and, and spending the couple of days and, and we, and we became friends and, uh, your mom had a, a birthday in New York and, and, you know, we invited him and you know, he said, listen, you know, we're going to be in New York. If you're there, we'd love for you to come. There's, there's going to be small, you know, 10, 12 people. And he says, I'd love to. So we got to, you know, spend a, a little more time than just, you know, business. It was, you know, more relaxed and, you know, got to know him a, a little bit better, a little bit more and a little bit better. But, it, you know, it was amazing the impact that that show that he was on where he played Chandler, Friends, uh, the impact that has had. I mean, even even today, you know, the amount that, you know, you turn on TV and you go from channel to channel, you see Friends. You know, and you see him, you know, you know, and you're saying, gee, man, that late Christmas, you know, that, uh, you know, he was only, I, I think, 54 years old or so. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's amazing, you know, being uh, everything that he has 
done and and uh, accomplished and uh you know and as you said you know even maybe being a tortured soul you know with a, a lot of things he had been through but but uh, to only be 54 it's sad but you know when i heard that i you know i was almost you know couldn't believe it and i've read some of the things that that the other stars on on uh, friends have said and you know what they thought of him and you know that they'll miss him and you know what he brought to it and you know the really the way they got to know him because they were so close for so many years and uh yeah it's just sad sad day sad day yeah really really sad day and yeah like you said man he'd uh you know huge success on friends you know one of the biggest stars in the world and that show was you know huge that show was so big that it helped melina learn english you know i was uh watching reruns of that in sweden is one of the ways she learned how to pick up english and and now we wow. can better um but uh yeah man just a bummer he's uh seemed like he had the the addiction where like he can never really fully enjoy it you know where I've, I've seen some videos where he talked about you know hey you know you get fame and all this stuff and you know it lasted for like six months but then you know all your problems and everything that you're running from or that's haunting you is is still sitting there you know it doesn't matter mm -hmm. who's funny or how many people know you and kind of a good lesson you know where you see someone attain the kind of level of fame he had and then you know that doesn't equal happiness necessarily, you know? And then I think later in his life, you know, I used to see him out partying a lot and going out and stuff and, and having fun. And then later in his life, when he you know, started to get sober, I think he found a lot of solace in, in helping other people and, uh, you know, right. go to AAs and NAs with people and, and uh, you know, practice the big book and literally like, you know, talk to people on the phone and, hey, it's it's chapter two, let's let's go over, uh, you know, the second step and, and then all that stuff. And I think, to be honest, in, in some ways, that might have brought him more joy and, uh, you know, more worth a little bit in his in his life than, than any of the fame stuff. And to see him kind of have his life together and, and you know, it seemed like he must have been kind of healthy. He was playing, he did he just come from playing two hours of pickleball, that I said. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, yeah. he, he got, had a good workout, you know, got his exercise in and, you know, but boy, oh boy, you know, it just goes to show, uh, you know, how fast things can happen, you know, and, 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 uh, I guess, you know, nobody's got out of here alive yet. And, and, uh, you know, you just try to, you know, day by day, just take care of yourself and, you know, look after yourself and, and, uh, you know, try to you know, stay healthy and, and, you know, mentally and physically to get up every day so that, you know, when you go to work, you can, you can, you know, have your health and, and be strong so that you can, you know, do the right kind of job, you know, that you're proud of, uh, and, and that, you know, you can, you can keep going and, and, uh, you know, whether it's for, for you or for your family or whatever, I'm not preaching here because I'm, I'm not one, but, uh, I, I do know if you have your health, you have everything that allows you you know, to do everything. I've been through that. I know, I know what it's like to have, you know, to have my health. I also know what it's like to not have it. Uh, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so, I, you know, I can talk a little bit from experience, not that kind of experience, but, uh, you know, it, it, your health is everything and, and to, which allows you, you know, to, to live your life the, the, the way that you, you know, want to, and, and, uh, you know, with all the effort that it takes. So yep. yeah, it's a sad day. Sad day, you know. I know, you know. Uh, he was a friend, you know, and, and but he was, you know, a lot closer. He had a lot more friends that were closer than 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 me. But but still, I mean, he left an impact on me, you know. So something I'll remember. Yep, definitely. Uh, you know, happy to have met him, and and you know, had an impact on a lot of people in a positive way. And you know, sad to see that that it came to that end. So that's it, pops. I'm going to let you get out of here and and get some sleep. I know uh, you've had a rough day. I'm going to let you reset. 
and I want to hear about tomorrow. You got a deal. That'll be a pleasure. It's going to be a better <laughs> better day tomorrow. I look forward to talking to you about it. But in the meantime, you can follow me at Jimmy Connors on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can follow you at Brett underscore Connors on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Our, pod, our podcast uh, at ADV Connors, Advantage Connors. You know, you got my Facebook. You can always send in some questions. Love to answer some questions and uh, hear what's on all our followers' minds. So uh, keep us posted and keep us up to date. Love you and I miss you. And I know you got some more work to do. So you take care of yourself and Melina and Isabella down there. And we'll see you soon. Yep. Tell mom hi and, uh, and I'll check in with you tomorrow for a fresh new day. And we'll check in with everyone else next week. Peace. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.